Hi everybody, Stefan Molyneux. This is my review of the movie It. It will contain spoilers. The evil clown in It, the one with the face like a snaggletoothed Pac-Man, says later in the movie that he wants to feed off your fear, which to me at least pretty much sums up Stephen King's entire business plan. The movie has no plot to speak of. A demonic clown comes back to life every 27 years to threaten the local population, like amnesty proposals from Democrats, but much less common. And children surrounded by evil and incompetent parents must take on the clown themselves. Why it's a clown, where it came from, what its motives are, none of this is explained. All we can gather from the movie as a whole is that Stephen King had some seriously weird birthday parties as a kid. It is basically a series of ooga-booga scare pieces with children being randomly chased by a morphing, bobble-headed, spider-limbed clown while an autistic, screeching, doom-porn demon orchestra ear-bangs the helpless audience. It has all the subtlety and artistry of your average airhorn scare cam video compilation. It's pretty ironic that the movie condemns bullying, all the while bullying the reptile brains of cinema goers with sudden blare face-jumping cortisol dumps. I prefer my horror with slow goosebumps, my fave is the movie. The others, rather than a random shovel-to-the-face sensory electrocution. Okay, okay, I got it. I'm in a dark room and you control my ears and eyes. Well done for making me jump, you artistic geniuses. <sighs> now for the cliches. It has become an inevitability of modern movies that only white males can be the bad guys. Even the clown is a cracked old ostrich egg alabaster. All the white daddies are evil. One screams at his son for being sad about the death of his brother. Another rapes his daughter. And another one, a pot-bellied policeman who seems to have never heard of sunscreen with a face that makes Tommy Lee Jones look like Jennifer Lawrence, shoots a gun at his son. The mothers fare a little better. They are merely absent, hyper-controlling, fat, and manipulative. One mom, wobbling about like somebody wrapped a baby water buffalo in an old Volkswagen seat cover and half-taught it to walk, turns out to be a Munchausen's by proxy, sun-drugger. A Jewish kid, the son of a rabbi, seems to have no mother, but a mother-age woman in a painting comes to life and attempts to chew his face off. Sun-devouring Jewish mom cliché level? Pretty much as high as it can go. Vicious psycho-bullies are everywhere, which is typical Stephen King fare. The standard, this supernatural monster mirrors human evil theme. No one in authority does anything, the victims are always blamed, and bullying always escalates to murder. As far as the death count goes, no cliché is left unexplored. Only white males die in the movie, two murdered by their own children, Kylo Ren style. Women are brave, the lead girl is not killed by the clown because she has no fear, which apparently protects you, when in fact an absence of fear usually leads to danger. Beverly, the... Molly Ringwald's reincarnation ends up in her bathroom, half-drowning in blood after buying her first box of tampons, which is not the most subtle metaphor I've ever seen. Her father cannot see the blood at all, while her friends, or boys, can and help her clean it up. This brings up an interesting question of reality versus delusion. All the kids are traumatized. Beverly, bisexual abuse, female bullying and lies about her promiscuity, 
the boys by a murdered sibling, abusive parents, medication for imaginary illnesses, poverty, religious indoctrination, neglect. One homeschooled boy even witnessed his parents being burned to death. As a group, they see the world differently from those around them. They share a hallucination. Now, psychotics and borderlines can have auditory and sometimes visual hallucinations, and those desperate for company can often agree with and feed into those hallucinations. These shared hallucinations seem to be the animating principle that gives the group cohesion, a phenomenon which can sometimes erupt into viciously destructive collective fantasies, such as the satanic panic of the 1980s and the recovered memory syndrome of later years. Creating and feeding collective delusions has become a multi-billion dollar industry, displacing organized religion, particularly for the mainstream news media. The unifying fantasy that Donald Trump has sinister connections to the Russian government is just one of these examples. An imaginary, omnipresent white Nazi movement is another. People in the grip of these delusions fervently absorb them, while those outside these fantasies see little more than a sad collection of useful idiots greedily sucking on the manipulative syllables being served to them by pretty people serving power. In the movie, all the traumatized children, neurotic, germaphobe, stuttering, talkaholic, reinforce each other's hallucinations. Objectively speaking, none of what they experience can be real, and so the audience is drawn into the story as a member of this delusional gang. You see what they see. You are part of the madness which no one else can see. You are invited to see a mad clown corrupting mere mortals into evil, as if the supernatural drives the cycle of violence when quite the reverse is true. Demons do not make us evil. Evil adults make children crazy. The murder clown exists to distract the children from the all-too-human evils of their immediate environment. The lead boy actually says that it is easier for him to enter the demon clown's house rather than open his own front door. It is easier to chase an imaginary demon than confront an abusive parent, or an abusive society for that matter. Kill the clowns and all is well! Sadly, it will never be that easy. The clowns are generally coming from inside the house. The delusionary nature of the child gang is revealed in the ending, where the children sit peacefully in a field despite everything that has happened, everything they have done. Two fathers murdered, a mullet-headed bully killed. The fact that the children got gravely wounded while trespassing in a creepy house and illegally roaming through a sewer, the discovery of dozens of bodies, none of this has any aftermath at all. No trials, no investigations, everyone just wanders off to their futures as if nothing ever happened. This indicates that nothing did happen outside the collective delusions of this lonely and broken tribe. Perhaps they faced down their fears, confronted their own inner demons and became unafraid and therefore unharmed like Beverly, who the clown cannot kill because she dissociates to the point of being indifferent to her own imminent slaughter, not entirely shocking to a repeat victim of child rape. This idea that we have nothing to fear but fear itself and that you become free by confronting your own fears, the old Jim Morrison quote, 
expose yourself to your deepest fear. After that, fear has no power and the fear of freedom shrinks and vanishes. You are free. Yeah, Jim, right. Got it. Free to overdose in a bathtub at the age of 27. Franklin Delano Roosevelt said after taking the oath of office in 1933, So, first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Total crap! We have nothing to fear but fear itself? Oh, I don't know, Frankie, how about a 13-year economic depression that destroys the economy of the country and the freedoms of the West, which then culminates in the most brutal war in all of human history, killing 60 million people and spreading democidal totalitarianism halfway across the globe? So your rulers want you to think that your fears are imaginary and that overcoming them is a merely inner journey, that you must only change yourself, not your environment or your political system or the sick economic incentives that drive the current orgy of Western self-destruction. Yeah, right. The only reason you're enslaved is not because you are sold off for parts through wars and taxation and national debts, but because you are irrationally afraid of nothing in particular. Confront your imaginary fears or a crazed clown, not your very real personal political and economic masters, and all will be well. Huh. I wonder whose interests are served by that narrative. The predatory clown comes back to life every 27 years, which speaks to a generational cycle. On average, American women first get married at the age of 27, up from 20 in 1960. Preying on children every generation has become the political vampirism in the West for the last hundred years, ever since the creation of state controlled currency helped citizens first figure out that they could vote massive benefits for themselves and pass along the costs to their children. Believe it or not, this is actually a vast step up from primitive tribes sacrificing children to volcano gods or corrupt elders burning the revolutionary fire of young men by sending them off to war. Financial enslavement to foreign banksters, still better than a world war. Exploiting and destroying hapless others is what greedy abusers always do. Evil has a motive called lack of love. Lack of love for your victims, lack of love for their future, and for your ancestors who fought to give you the freedoms you greedily squander for the sake of sick social approval and empty trinkets in the here and now. The writer of the original book, Stephen King, is a staunch liberal and a leftist who hated the Tea Party, loved Obama, and supported Occupy Wall Street. He hates organized religion. And I quote, I hate organized religion. I think it's one of the roots of real evil that's in the world. If you really unmask Satan, you'll probably find that he's wearing a turnaround collar. The anti-religious song Dear God plays in the movie, and no balancing supernatural angels, even the odds between mortals and evil demons. A consistent feature of leftism is the promotion of a merely mortal Demonology, racists, sexists, homophobes, exploitive capitalists, evil bosses, which requires the balancing power of an increasingly powerful state. Christians have demons, to be sure, but salvation comes from Jesus, not from the state. Stephen King is a propagandist for the state in that he promotes bottomless terror in the population while withholding the possibility of personal salvation. He gives you demons without Jesus. You must fight them with violence 
not virtue, and violence. That's pretty much all the state does. During the time he was writing the book It, Stephen King had massive addiction problems, marijuana, nicotine, alcohol, cocaine, and has said of his wife's eventual intervention, Tabby began by dumping a trash bag full of stuff from my office out onto the rug, beer cans, cigarette butts, cocaine in gram bottles and cocaine in plastic baggies, Coke spoons caked with snot and blood, Valium, Xanax, bottles of Robitussin cough syrup and NyQuil cold medicine, even bottles of mouthwash, which he also drank from. This garbage dump of shame reminds me of the girl in the movie who also got garbage dumped on her. What is the movie It really about? The devouring clown is a clear metaphor for the empirical fact that childhood trauma regularly consumes and destroys adults. The relationship between adverse childhood experiences and adult addiction is linear and dose-dependent. The more adverse childhood experiences, the greater the chance of addiction. In the intergenerational cycle of violence, the move from victim to abuser, if it happens, generally occurs when the victim becomes a parent. This is why the demon comes back to life every 27 years, every generation. Bad people have bad childhoods. They start as helpless victims, but often transform into vicious abusers about every 27 years. Stephen King had his first kid in 1970. He wrote It in 1985 or so. His kids were close in age to the kids in the book. They were also battling an evil clown addicted to destruction. What kind of father was Stephen King when his kids were growing up? A drunk, cokehead workaholic. You see the real cycle here? This is why the devouring clown comes back every generation. When we really see this, it stops. <laughs>